Hello, everyone, and welcome to the One Nerd and One Jock College Football Talk podcast. This is, of course, the second episode this week. This is the, well, week two previews. And here to join me in breaking down all of the games for this upcoming weekend is a man who is totally done talking about the Oregon-Georgia game and uh, is on to Cincinnati versus Kennesaw State. Mark. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing great. I didn't even know there was a Kennesaw State, so hey, there we go. <laughs> well, I will say I don't think that that game is going to be at the top of our list of highlights, given that I think Cincinnati is going to drop out of the, 20, or out of the top 25, and uh, Kennesaw State doesn't even have a an ESPN page, so... Not sure that that's going to be one worth previewing, but in case you're looking for our previews from the first two games of the weekend, that would of course be the uh, UCF Louisville and Boise State New Mexico games. You can find those on the previous episode, and we won't spoil who we picked, but we'll let you know how those picks went for us last week. Let's dive into the big game this week. And uh, where do you want to start for this noon window? I think I know where I want to go, but I want to hear what you think is going to be the at least first game on the big TV. Oh, man, I would say let's go with Alabama versus Texas. I don't necessarily think it's going to be the best game in terms of quality, but I do think it does bring some big uh, markets to clash. And, of course, the Roll Tide and the Hook'em Horns. So uh, let's talk about that game first. Yeah, so this game, Alabama at Texas. I had to double-check that because I thought for sure that this was a neutral site game because I don't remember the last time that I saw Bama playing a uh, tough game on the road. But sure enough, here they are. So... FPI has this one pretty heavily leaning towards Alabama, 81% chance of winning. That was about the same percentage they were giving Ohio State versus Notre Dame. And Vegas definitely has this one in favor of Bama at as a 20-point favorite, over under 62. And uh, looking at the stats, breaking it down, points per game about equal, Bama... Oh, you know, gave up 10 fewer points per uh, in their first game. But the yardage, the yardage, the yardage, the yardage, the, the total yards for Bama is almost 200 yards more. The yards allowed is uh, more than 100 less. I think that made sense. Yay, English. And I think that's pretty indicative of how this one's going to go. But I look forward to hearing your perspective and maybe telling me where maybe I'm underestimating Texas a little bit here. No, I think you're pretty spot on. I mean, Bryce Young looks like he's already in midseason form, 195 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions in week one, plus he tacked on 100 yards rushing. So, I mean, he's already coming out looking for another trophy. So that makes me a little bit worrisome for Texas. I think Quentin Ewers uh, played well. But I didn't. I don't think he really dazzled anybody. Two twenty-five, two touchdowns, one INT. So I really feel like it's going to come down to these quarterbacks here, and I think Price Young has a little bit more of an upside than uh, Quinn Ewers so far. Yeah, I I don't necessarily disagree with that. I think uh, Bryce Young has come out trying to, I'll say, do something that we've only seen once in the history of college football, which is win two. Heisman Awards. And I think I think that it's a little too early to say for sure that, you know, yes, that's gonna happen one way or the other. But boy, as you said, almost three hundred yards of offense on his own. It just to me, it, it seems like he's he might be putting on a show here and maybe showing Texas fans what they can be hoping for next year with Arch Manning. Yeah, and I still think kind of along those lines, Texas is still a few years away from kind of being able to to bring that program back. I do think that in a couple of years, Texas will be a much better team. 
obviously I think the, the Archie Manning addition helps, but I think too, once Sarkeesian can really cement in more of his, um, his upper echelon of thinking and all the different ad libs off of the offense. And I'm sure he's even adding some of that into the defensive side, that more pro style, uh, football i think that'll kind of stick eventually when it does i think texas will be a lot better i just don't think uh sarkeesians had enough time to necessarily get that going and get that going high enough to beat the nick saban i think texas might be a good team but i think the alabama is a great team and i don't think that ends up working out well for texas call me a hater I just, I don't see Texas pulling this one off. I'll be happy to be wrong, but I think that, uh, you know, plan accordingly if you're a Texas fan that maybe this isn't the game that you want to put all your money on. So can I, I've already said I'm rolling with, uh, with long or with, uh, I'm rolling with the tide here who almost said that one wrong. Can I pencil you down for Bama too then? Yeah, you could pencil me down for Bama to win. Uh, I still haven't decided where I'm going to go against the spread, though, because I could I could see since it's at Texas, I could see I could see Texas finding a way to keep it close. I mean, 20 points is a lot, and if this is like other lines that we've seen so far, it's probably going to move towards Texas, so we can get Texas catching a little bit more points. So, you know, if I can get Texas at uh, maybe plus 21, plus 22. I might start thinking about uh, uh, taking Texas with the points to see if they can at least keep it close against Bama, especially the fact that it's at Texas. makes me a little bit more um, on Texas' side to cover. Uh, I do actually kind of like the over, only because I think both these quarterbacks are going to kind of feed off of each other's energy. So this is kind of one of the overs that I do really like. I also don't think that either school is technically way out of their um, category or out of their playability. So I definitely think both teams will score. I don't think this is one that we're going to have to worry about like we previously talked about in the, the early slate of games where one team may score a lot and we really have to sweat out the, the lesser team scoring. I think both of these teams won't have too hard of a time scoring. Okay. I I actually do not like the points here because I'm just worried that Bama is going to end up putting up a hurting and that defense just might suffocate Texas. So I I would be a little bit less optimistic on that over-under, but I'm, I'm more than happy to be wrong because that means that Texas is at least not totally uh, out of their depths here. So let's go to an, another Big 12 versus SEC team, and in fact, something that used to be a Big 12 matchup in the Missouri at Kansas State game on noon, unless you have anything else on that Texas-Alabama game. No, we can go ahead and move into it. All right, so this one hurts me a little bit to see that K-State is the favorite here, 61% by by FPI, and an 8-point favorite over under 54 and I look at K-State's quarterback numbers where they're leading passer through for 53 yards last week. And I yeah. go, what the heck? But their leading rusher put up 126 yards on the ground. So maybe not necessarily the, um, the best indicator, especially against a weaker team. I don't know. To me, that to me that's still a big indicator because I mean we've seen some week one games where the the running backs are running for 189 yards. We've seen a lot of uh, a lot of other teams who are playing lesser teams put up way better stat lines. So that's actually a huge concern to me. I mean, I, we saw it with uh, Adrian Martinez at Nebraska couldn't really get things going there. Offense really sputtered. Never really could complete passes when needed to. Lackluster ball control. Yeah, man, that just he makes me he makes me scared for Kansas or for Kansas State. So yeah, that, I'm a little bit nervous, mostly from that. I mean, anytime that you can throw for 53 yards in an entire game, that makes me quite nervous. So is all of that to say that you're actually going to go with Mizzou here? I'm really I'm really leaning on it, man. Uh, you know, Brady Cook, he's going into a sophomore campaign. He did throw for 201 uh, yards and one touchdown to one INT. Uh, and I do think I do think that they I mean they played La Tech, and I think La Tech's a little bit better team than like a South Dakota. I agree with you there. 
If nothing else, it's an FBS versus an FCS. And quite frankly, Mizzou has a better offensive stat line by, again, about 150 yards. Defensively, only about 70 or so yards, 75 yards between them. So I I do think there is reason to bet on Mizzou here. And, and in fact, that is exactly where I am going to go. I am going to go with Mizzou, uh, not least of all because I'm a little bit of a homer. That was the very first college football game I went to was at Missouri. So I'm going to roll with Mizzou. Man, you're kind, of, you're kind of talking me into it. I mean, week one stat lines are just so hard to trust. Oh man, you know what? I'll ride with Mizzou too. I just, I think, I think Adrian Martinez is more of a liability um, than anything. So, I think uh, if he starts to panic a little bit to try to keep up with Mizzou, then I think he maybe throws a couple ints and he loses some of that game manager mentality. And at that point, if he can't manage the game, I think he's much more of a liability than anything. So, yeah, I, I think that's perfectly reasonable, and uh, you know. If nothing else, I think that Missouri plus eight is probably a uh, a nice little, I'll say a nice little bait bet out there that maybe maybe that's one you want to roll with. That's where my confidence would would much more be, is, is going to be against the spread, taking the points. I think Mizzou with the points is, is a pretty good one there. And I actually, uh, as much as I don't like to, I'm actually leaning the under on this game too. I mean... Mostly because, again, Martinez, 53 yards in a full college football game makes me nervous. Yeah, yeah, that's that's real tough. Uh, I will say Mizzou is 1-0 against the spread. So is Kansas State. But, uh, again, week one spreads are uh, iffy at best, I'll say. So I think that pretty much wraps up what I have on this game, which I think brings us to our... First all SEC matchup of the, well, of the season, if I'm not mistaken, and that is the South Carolina at Arkansas. So Arkansas, number 19 in the uh, AP poll, obviously had a good win against Cincinnati. And, um, you know, I, I know that you love Arkansas because of KJ Jefferson who had a pretty decent game, uh, 223 yards, three touchdowns. So I, I think there's a lot to like about Arkansas here. What is that where you're leaning as well? Or do you like what you saw from South Carolina week one? No, I like Arkansas. Um, I think Spencer Rattler kind of shows that he's not going to mature or grow much. Uh, at least we didn't see the great leaps and bounds that I was hoping for. Cause I mean, I kind of liked the kid a little bit, but I was expecting him to at least control the ball better for South Carolina. And he came out and went two picks to one touchdown. So that's kind of the one, one bugaboo that uh, haunted him at Oklahoma and kind of started the whole bust conversation there. So it kind of makes me a little bit nervous for him. And it, without him, I think South Carolina is still quite a few pieces away. So I'm a, I'm kind of fading South Carolina a lot. And I, I am really high on Arkansas. I think they have a great offensive line. They have a great run mentality. They're very balanced. And then KJ Jefferson, like you said, I'm a huge fan. Uh, 223 with three touchdowns. To me, the key part is the addition of no interceptions. I think that's the impressive part. He never pressed that entire game. He kept a calm, cool demeanor about himself. Uh, did really well rushing uh, with the ball as well. So I, th- I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be a really good collegiate quarterback as long as he can kind of continue that. Even if it is going to be kind of the average, you know, two twenty-five to, to two fifty yardage mark. If he can keep the touchdown to interception ratio low, where he's not going to become a liability and is going to become a booster for that team. I really like Arkansas. I like Arkansas to make some noise. Yeah, I think what you said about him not turning the ball over is a huge thing, especially since, yeah, KJ Jefferson threw for 223 yards. But, oh yeah, Arkansas rushed for more yards than he passed. Now, granted, it was 224 to 223, so some great balance. Absolutely. But that right there just tells you that, you know, that's that's going to be such a... I would say a boost to this offense when you can beat people in multiple ways. Now, yes, their defense gave up a lot of yardage and a fair amount of points to Cincinnati, 
So that is a little bit concerning to me, but I'm, I'm with Vegas, who has Arkansas as an eight and a half point favorite. I'm with FPI, who has Arkansas as a 73.4% favorite. I like Arkansas in this one, and I, I kind of like that eight and a half Ooh. for the reasons that we talked about. Yeah, yeah, for the reasons that we talked about in that I, I like KJ Jefferson, I like that rushing attack, and if Spencer Radler is not going to play well, I think this one could get out of hand and, uh, you know, might might be a, a two-score plus game yeah no i'm i'm there with you i just i always think it's interesting you know almost never go bold and go for the spread so when you throw that out without me even asking i feel really good about it so i'm also going arkansas i'm also taking them to cover and uh i i'm leaning the over but south carolina is what makes me nervous i mean i think arkansas wants to play a slow and steady game which if they have it their way they're going to score like 24 points hold south carolina to 20 or under and uh, go home with the win. So that that part makes me nervous for the over. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I could see them holding South Carolina to seven points, covering the spread 21 to seven, and just being happy. South Carolina only had 79 rushing yards, too, in their first game. So the, the lack of production really scares me from South Carolina. So lean the over, but definitely uh, definitely leaning away from it more than anything. Yeah, I, I, that over scares me too. It's 53, and with both of these teams combining for 66 last week, 31 of those coming against Cincinnati, so that there is that, but 35 of those coming from South Carolina against Georgia State, I just, to me, that's not enough to make me feel real confident in that over. But yeah, so we're both going Arkansas. We both like that them to cover. Are there any other games in this early window that you want to highlight? I know that there's a couple that you think could be intriguing. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and put my uh, ring in the hat with that Ohio State-Arkansas State game. I do think that one will at least, we'll see some more offensive numbers than we saw last week with Ohio State. But are there other ones that you're looking at for for this uh, early window? I think the Army-UTSA game can be pretty interesting, only because I think it's a, a giant clash of styles. Uh, you know, Army's ground and pound, slow down the game. UTSA's spread them out, wants to get them going fast. So I definitely think, uh, I think that'll be an interesting game. Not one that I'm necessarily chopping at the bit to watch, but I definitely think it'll be an intriguing uh, matchup with those two teams. Yeah, I think that if any of those three games that we talked about starts to push into three-plus scores, I think that that Army-UTSA game could really be a kind of salvation for this window in that, again, I like you said, I think it's a clash of styles. I think we could see a really good game like we did last week between Army and Coastal Carolina. And I, I do agree with you. I think that that could definitely be a game. Uh, one other game. I don't know if this will be the highest quality football, but I, I think that it should be at least a relatively decent game. Or at least you can watch a bunch of nerds not knock each other out. And that's Duke at North Car- or, uh, Northwestern. And, uh, you know, I think that that one could at least be interesting. That said, I think that Northwestern will probably take care of that one pretty easily. So... With with that said, I think that we can pretty safely move on to the 3.30 window. And the game that I have circled here is Pittsburgh at Tennessee. Sorry, other way around. Tennessee at Pittsburgh, 3.30 on ABC. And obviously we've got the, you know, the SEC Tennessee team here, but we also have Pittsburgh who we talked about showed some flashes against West Virginia. We'll have to see if they can keep it rolling though and pick up their second win. FPI has Tennessee as a slight favorite, 54 points or uh, sorry, 54.1%, whereas Vegas has Tennessee at just under a touchdown favorite, uh, minus six and a half. I I'll be honest, I like that six and a half, but then I think about the fact that Pittsburgh is 0-1 against the spread. It makes me a little bit concerned. That said, obviously, Tennessee having a relatively easier opponent put up some 
better numbers. That said, the defense not that different. Yeah, I think this game's interesting. It almost sounds though like you're on pit. I I, I do kind of like pit here. Interesting. Uh, obviously, the offensive game not quite as good as what we saw out of since or of out of Tennessee. Tennessee playing Ball State versus Pitt playing West Virginia. I do think there's a relatively substantial difference in program right there. Although I will say on NCAA football, uh, I actually just beat West Virginia with Ball State. Go me. Uh, Not that anybody cares about that or that that has any bearing on real life. I love it. I love it. So (laughs) this game, this game to me is so interesting because I feel like had this being week four, week five, we can answer some questions about West Virginia. I'd feel a lot better about going one way or the other. Cause I mean, I just don't know is West Virginia that good or is West Virginia bad. So therefore Pitt is not that good. Cause that's what I don't know. I mean, obviously that was a great game between those two teams. But without having a little bit more of a body of work, I just don't know, is, is West Virginia that good? And and therefore Pitt's offense is really good? Or is is West Virginia like a mediocre team, so therefore it's not that much of an impressive win versus, you know, like Tennessee versus uh, Ball State. Obviously they poured it on thick. But, like, is, is that more of an even matchup? And that's where, like, the difference between, you know, the football power index and Vegas makes me kind of wonder if, if maybe Tennessee has the edge here, you know, I mean, even though they played the lesser opponent, it makes me think that I think handicap wise and everything that Tennessee's actually probably the better team, even though we have a little bit of recency bias with Pitt having the big win against West Virginia. So last year, these two teams played and Pittsburgh won it 41, 34, obviously a different a very different quarterback last year. I, I think that's fair to say in Kenny Pickett versus uh, Ken Slovis. So that in and of itself, I guess, makes me want to lean towards Pitt. I just, I'm with you. I think that we just don't know about either of these two teams. Yeah, I think I... I think I'm going to go Tennessee. I don't know. My gut just, is just telling me, and this is probably some part SEC bias, but I think the SEC defense out of Tennessee is going to be a little bit better than West Virginia, so they'll help cut them down. And then the fact that Pitt had less than 100 yards uh, rushing also makes me nervous. If you're not balanced and you're one-dimensional, I think a team can really cue in on that, especially when they have some game film on, on you when when that happens. Um, I like Hendon Hooker, too, quarterback for Tennessee. 221, two TDs, no INTs. Again, I really like the fact that you're not throwing interceptions to a, a lesser team. Control the ball, take what they give you, score your touchdowns, score your points, move on. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I think I'm going gonna, I'm going to Tennessee. Well, and, and don't forget, this is his fifth year as a co- collegiate player, uh, three years at Virginia Tech, last year as a transfer at Tennessee, and then this year obviously being the starter again for Tennessee. So I do think that there is at least something to be said for him and the what he can do. I just, I, I have this gut. You, you went with your gut on Tennessee. I'm actually going to go with my gut on Pitt because I just, something about them being a, almost a touchdown dog just, makes me think that they're going to come out and probably probably uh you know put up some some points and maybe show that Tennessee isn't quite there yet on their rebuild. So I think unless you have anything else about that one where do you want to go next? What do you think about the over there? I think I think I have it written down at like 65 and a half. Do you think that's untouchable? 65 and a half on the over Man, that is that feels like a really high over. Again, we saw both of these teams put up points. And actually last year, both of these this game would have hit that. So I don't think it's untouchable. I do think that that is it certainly feels high, but I think that that is certainly doable. Yeah. I I haven't decided yet. I'm leaning towards it, but that's just such a big number. It makes me nervous. I mean yeah, just a big number. I was curious. I'm leaning towards that over. Um, I'll probably hope that it falls a little bit more. I think if I can get it 
I mean, I doubt there's going to be a four-point fall, but if I can get it more like 61, 62, I'd feel a lot better. But Yeah, yeah, I think I think at 60, that's an easy over. At 65, that is that makes me nervous. So where do you want to go next? Oh, let's get into maybe one of the more boring games, depending on how one particular team we already talked about plays, and that's uh, Iowa versus Iowa State. Yeah, yeah. This one, obviously, the big rivalry game. It's it's Iowa uh, at Iowa State. Iowa State is the favorite here, 58.7 according to FPI. And Iowa is actually the favorite by Vegas as a three and a half point favorite. I actually wonder if Iowa's over under should be three and a half, but that's a whole nother discussion. Yeah, where, what what do you want to talk about with this game because quite frankly i i think that it could be really interesting and if you're a fan of defensive football i think that this could be your game if you're not a fan of defensive football you probably don't want to watch this game yeah i just think it's going to be kind of a, a clash of styles again because i was going to want to play this kind of hard nose low pass control football where i feel like iowa state's going to try and come out with their air attack so I, I think it's going to be interesting. This is a game where I could see a tale of two stories. I could see if uh, if somehow Iowa State finds a way to go up to two touchdowns, I think it's almost untouchable, which is so weird for me to say in college football, but I almost just feel like 14-point lead on Iowa is just that's enough to almost put the game away, especially with their uh, most previous offensive output. And uh, that's actually why I kind of lean towards Ohio, uh, Iowa State. You know, Hunter Deeker played well, um, 293 yards, four, t- uh, four TDs, one INT. So I think I think Iowa State has a chance to kind of go up big early, maybe put a little bit of pressure on Iowa to play a game that they don't want to play. So, I mean, I, that's where I'm at kind of with this game. I think kind of the air attack might might beat up a little bit on this poor defense. And uh, I don't I don't know. I just I, I'm not high on Iowa at all this year. Yeah, so so last year at Iowa State, this was a 27-17 game uh, to Iowa. That said, I just, I have such a hard time imagining that that's going to hold again. Petrus was only through for 106 yards. Their top rusher only had 55. I just, I can't imagine that holding for a second week in a row where you can get away with beating a power five team throwing less than 150 yards and your leading rusher rushing for less than a hundred. Yeah. I'm with you. So I, I know that the old adage is that defense wins championships, but I just, I think that you got to score to beat teams and Iowa state's, gonna have a better offense than what was it south dakota state that iowa played last week yes so I, i'm with you i'm leaning iowa state i i lean with fpi here and i lean away from vegas so i've got iowa state is that where you're going to yeah i'll take probably iowa state as a pick um just for the show and then more than likely i will jump on iowa state plus the points um before they start, I have a feeling they're going to start going the opposite way. So I will probably try to get Iowa State at plus three and a half if that's still out there. And I think this might be one of the first documented uh, unders that I'm going to go with. Yeah, I I like the over, the, sorry, no, I do not like the over here. I like the under, even though it's 41 and a half. That just, for Iowa, unless Iowa State's going to come out and just put a whooping on them, I just can't see them hitting that points per game average they would just be covering it at 49 between the two so i think that number comes down for iowa state and i can't imagine it going up much for iowa so i i think the under is pretty safe here so we talk about a slightly boring game i think there's one more game that's going to have a lot more offense this week in the houston and Texas Tech game. You want to go ahead and move on to that one? Yeah, I think we're, we're definitely going from one of the the ones where I want to take the under to one of the games that I probably want to take the over in the most. Um, and, you know, I feel like 
both these teams like to air the ball out, and they both have that kind of air raid style, spread them out, throw the ball over the place. Um, so that 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 votes well for that. Some of the things that make me a little bit nervous, you know, Texas Tech did uh, did lose their quarterback. He's going to be out for a couple weeks with a shoulder injury, and that's Tyler Slow from actually transferred from Oregon. Uh, but the backup quarterback came in and looked really good as well. Uh, Donovan Smith, he threw for 221, four touchdowns. So uh, not a bad appearance off the bench at all. Um, the other thing, too, is, I mean, he dropped, I think, two or three 30-plus yard touchdown dimes. So, you know, I think he, he definitely has the arm to compete and play well. So I think that bodes well for Texas Tech with them slinging the ball over the place. And uh, Houston's going to try to do the same thing. Toon did uh, throw for 206 and three touchdowns. Again, I like the fact that he took care of the ball, no INTs. So both uh, both quarterbacks, I think, will kind of take care of the ball, but also throw the ball over the place. Look for quite the opposite of what we just got done talking about. Probably no defense being played in this game. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm I'm really looking forward to a shootout here. Texas Tech has this one as a 65 point, or sorry, 65.6 percent chance of winning according to FPI only a three point favorite and I'm with you I I think the over on this one is at 65 and a half it feels like a big over I don't necessarily dislike that taking that over though because I think this is going to be such a fun game to watch if you love offensive football Clayton Toon we've talked about him being a stud Obviously, Texas Tech's backup came in and threw four touchdowns, 220 yards. And oh, yeah, they had a running back who also on six carries got 50 yards and three touchdowns. Not a bad day for him either. So much air offense. I just I think it's going to be a blast to watch. Where do you lead on this one, though? Because I, I don't know that I've made up my mind quite yet. Yeah, I'm actually kind of the same way. Um, I'm leaning Texas Tech. Um the backup quarterback makes me a little bit nervous. Um, but with that said, I also think that their defense is going to be a little bit better, um, especially when you consider that um, Houston had a little bit of tr- or trouble with UTSA uh, last week. So I want to think Texas Tech is going to be a little bit better than uh, what UTSA could offer. So that also, I think, has a little bit of favor for Texas Tech. And, I mean, also the accuracy uh, of the backup quarterback in Donovan Smith. I'm assuming he gets the start. He went 14 of 16, only two incompletions, and then those 30-yard-plus just dimes. That ma- that makes me pretty high on that kid, too. So I think I'm actually going to go Texas Tech as a pick, and I'm going to definitely take the over, and I'll probably take uh, Texas Tech to cover. Really, I think I'm leaning the other way. I think Houston plus three is not a bad bet at all. And, you know, just for fun, I'm going to go Houston here. I I think Clayton Toon, great quarterback. I think Houston probably getting a little bit less love than they probably deserve. So I'm going to go ahead and take Houston here. That said, I'm with you. I, I am probably hammering that over if that is... If that comes down even a point or two, I think that that is a fairly safe over. I just hope it doesn't go up. I mean, I would I would almost imagine that might actually go up a little bit. Yeah, I could see that too. So let's uh before we we jinx this game too much and it ends up being a seven to three game, let's quickly move on. Any other games that you want to highlight in this afternoon window? Nope. Let's get to the prime time, baby. All right, all right. I got. I, I will say. I, I will throw out one thing real quick. Notre Dame plays at two thirty. For those Notre Dame fans like myself, I'll just throw that one out there. But let's go ahead and move on to the prime time. And well, your team's playing in prime time, eight thirty on the Pac twelve. I guess we can call that prime time. That's uh, versus Eastern Washington. I don't think that we have that one on your uh, list, though. So let's talk about a Pac-12 game that probably is in that USC-Stanford game. And that is, of course, at Stanford, 7.30 on ABC. And USC, pretty heavy favorite here, about a nine-point favorite by Vegas, 74.6% chance of winning, according to FPI. And I'll be honest, I think USC 
there's a lot of upside with this pick. I look forward to hearing what you, the Pac-12 maestro, has to say, though. Yeah, I think this is a I think this is a big game for USC, um, mostly because I think Stanford's going to be kind of that first household name that they get to play. Um, they're kind of beloved by the Pac-12 conference. They're not necessarily they've never really kind of been at the, like the high high of the Pac-12, but they're kind of that steady horse that is always playing um, everybody really hard and really well, and has definitely ruined a lot of seasons. So I think this will kind of be USC's first chance to kind of start cementing themselves as being back or being at that higher level um, and try to put themselves above that kind of watermark line. Because I would say Stanford is that. I mean, they're pretty consistent. I wouldn't necessarily say they're hugely above average or ever hugely below average. They're kind of that watermark. They're pretty steady all the time. So I think this is uh, USC's first opportunity to see if they can put themselves above that watermark. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that this is USC's real first chance at showing that all the moves that they made in the offseason with bringing in Lincoln Riley, getting the transfers, I think that this is really their first chance to showcase that in a meaningful way. No offense to Rice. For Stanford, I think this is also a chance to kind of stay in touch with the leaders of the Pac-12. If they come out and lose by two touchdowns, three touchdowns, and it's not really a competitive game, I think that that is a bad sign for the depth of the Pac-12 going forward. I also could see USC maybe taking that leap earlier than at least I think they will be. Does that seem... I guess, like a reasonable concern to you? Or am I just too down on USC because it's USC and I want to see them prove it? No, I think it's a good concern. I mean, I think originally when we first talked in earlier episodes, we both felt that USC was kind of on that Texas timeline where it's going to take some time for all these new pieces to gel. It's going to take a little bit of time for mentalities and cultures to be built. But I don't know. I think USC might be uh, on a little bit more of a fast track than maybe Texas is right now. And I think they might be might be a little bit more ready to take that jump. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're bringing in this game-ready quarterback in Caleb. I mean, he, he went tw- uh, 19 for 22, so he proved that he was accurate. 249, two touchdowns, and kept care of the ball, no turnovers. So, I mean, that's just huge. When you, when you have somebody like that who can come over with that head coach who's coming from the culture that uh, was already instilled, and I think he brought over a couple other pieces too, I think that's a huge jump start, you know. So USC might be ready to make that jump a little bit more, and uh, I think they they probably do make that jump soon. Okay, so I think all of this to say, even though I am a little bit of a doubter that they're going to cover, just because it's USC and that concerns me a little bit. I do like USC in this game, and that's actually my pick for this one. Are you taking the shocker and going with the upset here and going Stanford? No, I'm going to I'm gonna take USC um, for sure as a pick. Uh, I'm leaning for them to actually cover again because I, I don't know. I think they might make that jump, and I think they're going to use this game to try to make that jump. So I'm leaning on them to cover, especially if it moves uh, towards Stanford at all, if, uh, if they can get that closer to like seven or something like that, or uh, even, even eight, I might oh. – yeah, probably seven. Seven's probably the number I'm looking at because that's where I see it because I think Stanford's going to try to slow the game down. They're going to try to play, you know, Stanford hard-nosed football, and I think if they can get that done, it's going to be really hard for them to start pushing into that 9-10 cover. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what scares me about the over-under 65.5 there. I just I worry about a slow-paced game that just doesn't really ever get a chance to hit that, so... I'm I'm with you. I, I I worry about the slow-paced game on the spread, and like I said, for the over/under, is that where where you're leaning to? Yeah, I mean, of course, I'm I'm gonna lean towards the over. Um, pretty much for me, I either take the over or I don't bet it. Uh, for for most of these, because again, I, I I don't like betting the under because then I have to root for bad football. I feel. Uh, muffed punts or um, great punts you know it's just I don't know I don't really like betting on that kind of stuff I really like betting on points because that's the that's the style of football I like to watch so I'm leaning towards the over but I'm also probably going to lean away from it to be honest and I probably will stay away anything else you want to talk about on 
this big Pac-12 game, or do you want to move to a different conference back east here? Let's go back east. Okay, so let's talk about, yeah, so Kentucky at Florida, and this game right here, we talk so much about how Stanford will be a measuring stick for USC. I think that this game is a measuring stick both ways, and that if Kentucky can go into the swamp and do something that we just saw what I thought was one of the best teams in the country really struggle with and beat Florida, then I think that says a lot about Kentucky, and I think that says a lot about the big, or sorry, the SEC East. Conversely, Florida wins this game, and I think that maybe we're talking about stepping up that that timeline back into being a primetime program. I don't know how much I feel comfortable saying that by about beating Kentucky, but I do think that a good win versus two ranked teams to start the year is uh, probably going to be one of the better starts that Florida could have. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think it's the the start that they will have. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I kind of see it going that way too. I I definitely see it kind of as a measuring stick both ways, just like you had said. I know a lot of people are saying, hey, Kentucky might be turning into a little bit more of a football school again. Uh, They've had some quarterbacks in the past that have kind of made people wonder if, hey, maybe they're going to become more of a football school or not. Um, But then now, obviously, getting into the rankings and stuff like that. And they have a great defense. I mean, that's normally what they lean on. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how this game goes. If if Florida can score, then I don't think Kentucky has a chance because I think Florida just saw a way more prolific and way more balanced offense than they're going to see out of Kentucky, and they handled it. So uh, I'm also leaning Florida. I think the home field advantage definitely helps as well. Yeah, I think the home field advantage is big, and having that experience against a really good offense is going to A, prepare them, but then showing that they can score with that Utah team, with that Utah offense, you know, not necessarily the highest scoring of game, only 29-26, but I think that that is certainly something that can definitely be a factor going forward. And so I I like Florida, even though Kentucky is the ranked team here, I like the upset on paper, because it's not actually an upset. FPI has Florida as the favorite, 54.8% chance of winning, and Vegas has them as the favorite, too. Four and a half point favorite. Yeah, that's, so that's where I, I'm going to. Yeah, yeah, I think Florida is probably, let me put it this way. I think the messages that we could take between the Florida and Utah game last week could be, oh my gosh, Utah is so bad. I don't think that's the case. I think Florida is better than than we gave them credit for. Yeah. The only thing that does make me a little bit nervous though, is Kentucky, Kentucky's defense, I think is much better than Utah's. Um, and Utah was able to, to hold them, I think to 168 yards in the air and no touchdowns. And I would, I would assume that Kentucky's going to take the run away from Florida. So if Kentucky takes the run away from Florida is, is Florida's passing game good enough to score? That's that's kind of what makes me a little bit nervous. And then also, is Kentucky's pass defense good enough to, to hold them down? So, I mean, that's where... Yeah, they gave up 179 yards in the air to Miami, Ohio. Not the U, Miami, Ohio. So, again, that makes me a little bit concerned about Kentucky's defense. I do think it'll be an interesting kind of strategic matchup. And I think that it's worth watching because of that. Yeah, I I definitely think it's there too. I think this is going to be a better version of the Iowa, Iowa state game. I think there's going to be a little bit more uh, strategy still going to be probably more on the defensive side. um, I think than the offensive side, but I think there's going to be enough offense to, you know, keep everybody awake. So I'm also actually kind of leaning towards the under of this game as well. Okay. Okay, so you've got Florida maybe even going under there. Let's, uh, let's, are there any more primetime games that you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, I got uh, the Boston College versus Virginia Tech. I think that might be a, a, a pretty good game. Okay, tell me about it. You got both teams coming off an upset loss, so I think that's uh, a little bit interesting. So both teams are going to be looking for kind of a rebound win, and it'll be interesting to see kind of which team does. And I think it is three-point spread, so it should be kind of evenly matched. 
and they were both one possession uh, losses as well. So um, similar caliber teams. So I think on paper, these guys are kind of really matching up well. And I think it'll be a good game to watch. Yeah, I, I think that's a perfectly reasonable way of putting it. On on paper, FPI has this one basically a coin flip, 51% chance to Virginia Tech, even though it's at home in Virginia Tech. And just, just looking at everything, I think that we're going to see a, a relatively offensive-oriented game, as weird as that might sound, because both teams, you know, one team didn't put up 20 points last game, the other one just put up 21 so I do think that there's some offense to be had here, and I think that we're going to see two teams really struggling, really battling. So where do you go on this one? Yeah, I'm, uh, I think I'm leaning Boston College probably with the points um, is probably more what I'm thinking, uh, but I'll probably take them as a pick as well, um, mostly because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride with uh, just kind of, they're always kind of a gritty team, I feel like. And then they also have the senior quarterback, so I'm going to ride with the senior quarterback Hopefully the experience there um, will pay dividends. Plus, you got the transfer quarterback from Marshall, Grant Wells. He threw four interceptions the last game. So anybody who doesn't really take care of the ball very well makes me a little bit nervous. Again, starts looking more like a liability rather than um, a positive aspect. The other thing that kind of makes me a little bit nervous, though, on Boston College, and this does not sound like Boston College at all, they had 29 rushing yards. Yeah, yeah, that one's a little bit surprising to me. And when you look at Virginia Tech only allowing 80 rushing yards, I think that that's going to be an interesting matchup there to see the two teams battling each other. And I actually, I'm on the other side. I think Wells has a little bit of a bounce back here. This game being in Lane Stadium can be such a difficult place to play. I think they come home, they rebound, they get on the right track. And I think that... I actually have Virginia Tech here. Don't ask me on the points because honestly, I have no idea whether to, to pick plus three or minus or Boston College plus three or Virginia Tech minus three. I think that's a pretty, I think we could see a, a push here, quite honestly. <laughs> I like the fact that we're a little bit different this week, though. That's kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. We've got a couple games that we're going different on. So as that wraps up the primetime window, you want to get into After Dark? Yeah. Or are there any other ones that you want to spotlight? Get into the, the good football, the After Dark. Yeah, I, I think that the After Dark here might actually have the game of the week between Baylor going to BYU. That's, uh, I'll be honest, I'm really excited for that one. And I think this one that one could be a very, very good game a very at least by rankings it should be a very good game i'm a little surprised that baylor is going to byu just because that wouldn't typically be one that i would think of but hopefully we see a good game here fpi has this one in favor of baylor 57.6 percent chance byu is the vegas favorite at minus three and a half and you look at these two teams both of them put up exactly 573 yards of offense last week. A little bit different, though. BYU did it more on the ground, 312 yards on the ground. Baylor did it 314 yards through the air. Defense is about the same. I think this is going to be a pretty even matchup, and that makes me so excited for this game. Yeah, I'm with you here. I think this is going to be a, a really even game, um, and that's what I took note on too was just the balance. I felt like the balance for both teams in week one was really good, and I think that's what you want to see in those week one matchups. Are you going to rely fully on passing? Or are you going to rely fully on rushing? Or Can you have a balance even if it is against a lesser team? Um, and both teams did. So uh, I'm quite impressed with both teams so far. Um, where are you leaning? I think I am leaning towards BYU simply because they went to U, uh, Southern Florida, USF, and won 50-21. to 21. I think that's a tougher opponent than Albany. So to me, that says that they have a little bit more experience with tougher opponents, maybe a, a little bit more sharpness to them. And so I'm leaning with Vegas here 
by going with BYU, especially with it being at home, one of one of a couple of really good teams that are going to be coming to BYU this year. And I I think that I want to see them playing really well and hopefully really challenging some of these teams. So I'm going to pick a little bit optimistically, and I'm going to pick uh, just based on who I think is a little bit sharper right now, and that's BYU. Are you leaning there too, or are you sticking with the big boys? Nope, I'm actually leaning towards BYU. I think this this might be the year where we can start seeing BYU turn a little bit of the corner. I think that's one program that's always been talked about is is kind of right there, right there, right there, and never seems to actually turn over. I'm hoping this is going to be the year um, that they actually turn over, and I think they've done really well over the last three years to position themselves by uh, signing contracts to play these teams so they can show themselves that, they, hey, we're ready to play with the Power Five. We're ready to play with the big boys. So I'm going BYU. I think uh, I think they may even cover this game, so I'm leaning towards the cover, but I'm definitely taking BYU as a pick. And uh, I actually like the over in this game too. I think there's going to be plenty of offense, um, especially judging off of their previous games. Yeah, the over at 53 and a half when both teams put up 50 last week seems pessimistic, I'll say. Yeah, it definitely seems a little bit low, especially when you consider the balanced attack. And, you know, looking at it from more of the football player perspective, when you can have that balanced of an offense um, either way, that means you could probably lean on either side and adapt to the game as needed. So I don't necessarily think either of these teams are strong enough to have a outstanding uh, run, run defense and pass defense, you know, more than likely it's going to be one or the other. So being able to adjust and lean on different aspects of your offense uh, will definitely come up big. Yeah, for sure. I I'm with you. That over seems very, simple to hit i'll put it that way especially with it supposed to be that close of a game i i think if either one of them you know if if that spread is as close as it should be and either one of them is able to even make it to 30 then we'll be perfectly fine there so with that said let's move on to another game where i'll say a smaller team is hosting a little bit bigger team in Oregon State going to Fresno State. And this one, another very close matchup. Vegas has it essentially a coin flip at plus one, minus one spread. Uh, Fresno State is the dog here at plus one. Their money line, though, is plus 100. And FPI has it 52.2% chance to Oregon State. I know you're a Pac-12 guy. You sticking with the Pac-12 here? Go Pac, go. Yeah, I think I think Oregon State's the better team. I mean, I'm not taking anything against Fresno State, but I really look for Chance Nolan to kind of bounce back a little bit. Um, I think he did have a little bit of a sloppy play in his in his first outing so far. He uh, I think he did have an interception in his first game. Um, so I think Chance Nolan can kind of bounce back from that, take care of the ball, and grow from there. So that's really kind of what I'm going to lean on is uh, his experience and his ability to kind of uh, push his team beyond. Yeah, I think that's a good shout. And then what really concerns me about picking Fresno State here is that they allowed 317 yards to Cal Poly. Now, only gave up seven points, but that makes me concerned that against a, I'll say, higher quality offensive attack that they might not get so lucky with allowing so few points. Yeah. Oregon State's defense is also going to be coming in on a little bit of a high too because they ended up with five takeaways in their first game, uh, three INTs and two fumbles against Boise State. So I definitely think that defense is going to be on a high, and I think the DBs are going to be playing really well. So for both teams kind of leaning really hard on that passing game, I think that gives a little bit of the edge to Oregon State as well. Yeah, I there's enough here that – I think I'm leaning with Oregon State. That minus one spread, does that does that seem odd to you? Or do you think that's actually fairly accurate here? Uh, I mean, I feel like every time I say this is out of the world, it's probably going to be accurate. So I'm going to say it's probably accurate, but I'm still I'm probably going to take Oregon State to cover. I don't foresee this being a, uh, a, a super close game. I think Oregon State probably wins by a possession or even two. Yeah, I think that seems reasonable here. I, just looking at 
how the two teams played last week, I just, I, I think Oregon State showed more. And that just makes me think that they're probably going to win this one. So I think let's move on from this game that we're, on paper, it will be a good game. Not exactly sure how it will actually turn out and move on to, I think, the last game that we really want to highlight this week, which is Mississippi State at Arizona. And this one, 11 o'clock, yeah, on uh, Saturday. And Mississippi State, pretty heavy favorite here, 77% chance by FPI, 10.5 point favorite. Is Arizona just not getting the love, or do you actually see this one probably rolling this way? I see this one rolling this way. I think it'll be close. I mean, Arizona's coming off such a bad year last year. That's the problem. Um, but, I mean, they do have an underdog win under their belt already. Uh, they came out and beat San Diego State. I'm pretty sure they were um, expected to lose that game, and I think Vegas had it as like an eight-point spread, if I'm not wrong. So, I mean, they do have kind of – an underdog mentality and they're going to be coming off that hype. And I also, I really like their quarterback, uh, Jake Delora transfers in from, uh, Washington state. He played pretty well in the PAC 12 already. So transferring into Arizona, I think he's already kind of revived that, uh, program a little bit from the offensive side. He went for 299 yards, four touchdowns and one interception. So I don't know. I'm pretty high on that, but then, I mean, if you look at the other video game like numbers from Real Will Rogers of Mississippi State, 450 yards, five touchdowns, and one interception. I mean, just out of this world. Okay, hang on a second though, because remember who Mississippi State's coach is? It's the Air Raid Man himself. So 450 yards, five touchdowns is you know, just another day in the park. Okay, maybe not quite that extreme. That's a that's a lot of yards, man. I don't care. I don't care is. who you're playing. It is. That's a lot of yards. Four hundred and fifty yards. That's a lot of yards. And and again, neither one of these teams were necessarily playing scrubs. Playing at San Diego State was Arizona last week. Playing home versus Memphis, who again, neither of those teams bad teams. They'll probably challenge for their respective conferences. I'm with you. I think this could be a really interesting game, but I, I think I'm going to go Mississippi State here. I just, I, I think the air raid ends up being too much. I think they're they're just going to come out and they're going to put up more points than Arizona can score. I, I just, that's my gut feeling on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I'm there with you. Um, I'm definitely taking Mississippi State as the pick. Uh, man, I almost want to go Arizona though to cover. So I'm leaning Arizona to cover, but not quite sure if I want to go that far yet. Um, but I actually really like the over here. Cause I mean, I think Jake Delora is a dog. So I think he's going to be able to throw for at least two touchdowns, maybe even three. Um, so, I mean, that already puts them close to 21, 28, somewhere in there. And then you know, do the math. The rest of it's for Mississippi state. And if, if you think that they're going to have an easy time covering, then you should expect them to score quite a few points, and that'll put you at the over. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think I think the over there, as much as we've talked about some of the other overs being kind of right there, where it's like, yeah, this if this is a really high scoring game, that over is going to be easy. I think this is one where it's a little bit lower than some of those other ones that we've talked about. And I, I'm with you. I like that over 62 points. I was actually going to ask you about that. No, I really, I really like that over. Yeah. I don't know whether I like Mississippi state minus 10 and a half or Arizona plus 10 and a half. So I guess you'll have to wait and see on my pick on that one. If I even make a pick there, but I, um, I certainly like Mississippi state and I like that over any other games from this weekend that you want to highlight? No. I mean, I, I hope Oregon has a bounce back, obviously, against uh, Eastern Washington. You hope we find a way to lose that one. I don't know if I'll uh, be on next episode. So, Oh, boy. I, I could see, if that game goes poorly, I could very much see a, a, a Jaeger bomb type night from you. I'll put it that way. And yeah. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully yes. too we get we get some higher percentage. Hopefully our picks start pulling through and thanks for listening. This has been one jock. 
and one nerd college football talk. Make sure that you follow us on social media at one nerd one jock CFB and have a great week.